Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Oh man, it's good to be back. I love it in this room. I really do. So good to be with you guys. I love that I'm not singing by myself in my living room any longer because clearly I just turn everything into reggae if I did. So that's fun. Hey, uh, we're going to get into the Word in just a moment, um, but before we do that, um, I do want to encourage you around your giving, if I could. Uh, I just also want to say thank you for uh, the family here at the Father's House being incredibly faithful, despite all that's happened over the last six months. Um, I, I do talk to a number of pastors and get to hear about their journey and what's happening in their churches, and uh, not everybody is as uh, fortunate as we are, as blessed as we are here. There's been a lot of, of, of decline in the, in the churches, especially in our city, uh, but I, I love to report that, man, you guys have been faithful. God has been faithful to our church. There hasn't been anything in any way that would resemble a decline. Uh, we've gone from faith to faith and glory to glory, and God has been really, really good to us. But um, yeah, you can give it up for that. But um, I do want to share a story, and this person will remain anonymous uh, because they asked me to keep their name anonymous. But uh, someone shared a, a giving testimony with me last week that I just wanted to share with you because I think it, it really does embody uh, what it looks like to trust Jesus with our finances. Um, she said, I guess you're going to find that out as I read this anyway. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say he or she for just a moment there. Okay. She said, uh, when COVID hit my, oh, excuse me, this was a he, my apologies. I know what I'm doing here, guys. It's fine. All right. He said, when COVID hit, my commission sales income took a massive hit. Uh, I didn't have a job that I could perform virtually. I was worried because I was always able to provide for my family. If I ever needed to earn extra income, I had no problem picking up a side job. However, COVID made that impossible. Um, I had never been in this position before. At the beginning of the year, my wife and I went through the blessed life with our small group. Shout out to the blessed life and shout out to groups. Uh, We remembered uh, that what we had, all of it belongs to God. So we prayed and we made a decision to increase our giving at a time where it didn't make sense and we had no idea if we were going to be okay financially in the future. Uh, We knew, however, uh, that we could place our trust in the God that provides for us since he has always provided for us in the past. Well, God showed up and he showed us that he provides for all that we need. The last five months of sales production has been off the chart. It's the best we've ever had. It's been incredibly fruitful. It's truly unbelievable. And I know it's because we were faithful and remembering that God is our provider. Come on, somebody, that's a good story. I love that kind of stuff because, you know, it, 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 just, it just proves that we serve a supernatural God that defies logic when it comes to our giving. And so uh, if you're giving today, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can do so on the website. You can do it on the app. Uh, I can say once again, you can give in the boxes uh, on the outside of the auditorium. Uh, but however you're, however you're giving, just thank you for supporting the house and continuing to allow us to do ministry around here. It is truly an honor to build the kingdom with you guys. All right, are you ready for the word? You ready to get into this today? Cool. All right. Eight people are. The rest of you can go home. No, <laughs> no we're going to have some fun today. We're starting a new series in light of the fact that we are in a new season as a church. And I've been thinking about this series since the end of April uh, when it became evident that we were going to be dealing with COVID a lot longer than any of us thought possible. Uh, I started thinking about, okay, what do we want to talk about when we get back into gathering again? I, I, like many of you, did not expect to be here in October. I really didn't. I, uh, I thought when I, I think back in April, I thought, okay, well, maybe, you know, we'll get this thing taken care of over the summer and, you know, maybe the heat of the sun will burn away COVID and that didn't work. Uh, and then I thought, okay, well, by the time we get back to school, surely the doctors know that we can't teach our kids from home again so that we have to send the kids back to school. And uh, no, we were still teaching our children from home. And then I made a statement. I'm like, well, by our two-year anniversary on September uh, 20th, you know, we're going to be back in church. At that, at worst case scenario, that's what'll happen. Uh, instead, we were getting shut down by the police in the park across the street. Uh, and here we are, the first week of October, and thank the Lord, we are back in his house 
again, and it's amazing. Yes, it is amazing. However, I mean, let's be honest. The reality is we're still dealing with COVID. It's, it's still out there, and we're still, still dealing with the repercussions of this virus that has taken too many lives and too many jobs and, and all of that stuff. And, and you know, it, it, it is, uh, it's kind of been messing up our world a little bit. This, this virus has been messing up our, our, our lifestyles, our rhythms, and, and all of those things. But amidst the chaos that's happening outside of us, I am convinced that there needs to be a stillness, a steadiness, a cadence on the inside of the believer's heart. Regardless of what's happening around us, we need to be sure of the God that lives on the inside of us. Can I get an amen today? The Bible says that greater is he that lives in you than he who lives in the world. You serve a God that is much greater than any circumstance, be it pandemic, be it loss, be it income, whatever. I mean, God is greater. He is the one who brings order to chaos. He is the one who brings clarity to confusion. The Bible says that at the beginning of time, the waters and the earth was chaotic. There was no form, it was void. But then the voice of God spoke, and in one moment, his voice brought order, and it brought clarity to a bunch of chaos. He's the God, he's the Jesus who stands up in the middle of the storm and amidst the waves and the wind, he commands it to be still and know that he is God. And if his spirit lives on the inside of you, which I know that it does today, if you've called upon the name of Jesus, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. If his spirit is there, then you should not be taken out by any wind or any wave or any pandemic or anything else that comes your way. There should be a steadiness in the heart of every single one of us. And that's what we're gonna talk about in the coming weeks. We're gonna talk about an internal cadence despite the chaos that is around us. And, and I wanna give a title to this series. Um, we have a value around here among our eight, and it's to laugh often. We like to bring the fun to every environment that we find ourselves in. And so uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna title this series kind of a fun way, uh, borrowing a phrase from the prophet of the 1980s, uh, Gloria Estefan. We're calling it, Rhythm is gonna get you. Come on. The rhythm is gonna get you. The rhythm is gonna get you. How many know that song? Okay, about half the room. That's great. Awesome. Uh, subtitle for those of you who don't know the song, <laughs> Restoring Life's Cadence. Let's be honest. How many of you have gotten your rhythm and your cadence thrown off a little bit over the last seven months, right? You can raise your hands. It's cool, okay? That, you won't get COVID raising your hand. I promise. It'll be great. I think all of us have had our rhythms completely destroyed over the last seven months. Whether it was the rhythm of waking up and, and going to work, uh, the rhythm of waking up at a predetermined time anyway, just setting an alarm, uh, wearing normal clothes instead of stretchy pants, or you know, taking your kids to school, seeing your friends at the coffee shop during the week, dieting, exercising instead of eating M&Ms and binge watching Netflix every night. Like all of our rhythms have been completely thrown off over the last seven months. And if we're honest, Many of us could say, I don't think I've quite gotten my groove back yet. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I'm back in rhythm yet. I don't feel like anything's normal yet. Stella got her groove back. I have not gotten my groove back yet, all right? Like, I don't feel like, I'm... no one laughed at that joke. Okay. Um, I knew, babe, I knew. I knew we should have titled this something else. I told our, our staff members, our two staff members that are both under 30, I'm like, hey, we're going to call this series, um, Rhythm is Going to Get You. And they're like, oh, that's cute. I'm like, you don't, what? I'm like, have you never heard of that song? They're like, no. And I'm like, well, we would have named it after a song from your generation, but you guys have no good music. So uh, we had to go back to the 80s to find. <laughs> uh, I'm dating myself with these jokes. Uh, we are gonna talk about getting our rhythm back, getting back into the cadence, getting back into the rhythm of the spirit, what God is going to do in this next chapter in our lives individually and for our community. Uh, I wanna give you a thesis that we'll explore for the next couple of weeks. If you're taking notes, uh, you can write this thesis down, but here it is. 
Rhythm is what brings cadence to chaos. Rhythm brings cadence to chaos. When there's chaos around us, there needs to be a cadence within us, and rhythm is what brings that cadence. Let me give you a definition for the word rhythm as we start out here. It's a strong, regular, repeated pattern. Strong, regular, repeated pattern. It comes from the Greek word rhythmus, which means to flow. Come on, everybody flow with me for just a moment. Okay, some of you don't know how to dance. That's great. Okay, awesome. Yeah, to flow. Good. Okay, I got you back there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I see you, Los. Let's go. Don't just stand up and start going for it. I, <laughs> to flow. All of life has a rhythm. All of life has a flow. And I'm not a hippie. I'm not high right now. I didn't just join like a Jamaican bobsled team. I'm, I'm serious. Like all of life has a flow. Think about it. The seasons have a rhythm to them, don't they? The rising and the setting of the sun has a rhythm to it. The, the crashing of the waves, the, the way the tides rise and the tides fall and the migration patterns of birds, all of life has a rhythm and it has a flow to it. And it really doesn't take much for that rhythm to be completely destroyed. The smallest change can throw off your rhythm. You remember back to daylight savings just a couple of months ago? It's amazing how one hour can completely throw off your rhythm, right? Like you lose an hour of sleep and all of a sudden like, ah, I don't feel right, things are weird, like ah. Just that simple act of one hour can completely throw off your rhythm. But I believe that just as easy, easily as we can lose our rhythm, we can get it back. I think we can find ourselves back into the cadence that we need to get into if we're going to once again walk a healthy spiritual life. Uh, let, let me give you a demonstration of what I mean. I have some musicians on the stage with me and uh, I've asked them to, uh, to do me a favor here. They did it last service and I think they nailed it. So we're gonna go for this in, in round two. Um, I would like you guys to play the chords from the Gloria Stefan song, from Rhythm is Gonna Get You, but I don't want you to do it in time or in any particular order. You can play however fast or slow you want. No one gets to start anybody out. Just let's see what happens. Go ahead and play some notes. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, stop. I would not buy that album personally. Like I, it's, it, that, that, that isn't enjoyable. Kinda, it kind of sounds like tension. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I, I think that's what life feels like right now to a lot of people, doesn't it? It's like, okay, all the right elements are there, but they just don't seem to be matching. Like I don't feel like there's a flow and a natural rhythm and a cadence to life. But it's amazing how if you just take those exact same notes, those exact same musicians, and you just begin to add a little bit of rhythm to it, it's amazing what can happen. That's the power of rhythm. It can take what is chaotic and it can bring order to it. And I think that so many of us need that in our lives right now. 
as our patterns, as our rhythm, as our cadence has seemed to be destroyed over the last seven months, I think you need a drummer in your life. I think you need a little bit of rhythm, some established, strong, predictable patterns to get back on track. So let's get into this today. Um, I want to give you a title for this chat. And uh, if, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. A dollar for your troubles is what I want to call this. A dollar for your troubles. Let me pray and we'll get into it. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it has the power to change us. I thank you that we're here in this room and we're watching online and uh, that you are here to meet with us. Lord, so many of us have gotten out of sync. We've gotten out of, out of rhythm, out of, out of cadence. Our spirits feel agitated. And we need to line ourselves back up with what you're doing and what you're saying. So I pray supernaturally today, by your word, by your presence, God, that you would get us back into your pace, back into your rhythm, so that we could walk through this season in victory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, if you got a Bible, turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 12. Uh, we're gonna look at a couple of verses here, a relatively familiar scripture. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it'll be on the screen, but Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Uh, not that I have already obtained this, Paul says, or... I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straighting towards what is ahead, I press on, come on, someone say press on, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. For the next couple of moments, this is what I want to talk about. The rhythm of pressing. The rhythm of pressing. He says twice in this scripture, I press on, I press on. And then he tells us there's a pattern to his life that he wants us to model, to emulate. And what is that pattern? That he presses on. That he presses on. So I want to talk about the pattern of pressing. The rhythm of pressing. Uh, the definition for that word in the Greek uh, is dioko, and, and it means to aggressively pursue or to strain towards. Aggressively pursue or strain towards. It's the word picture here of an Olympian or of a runner, a track runner. And if you've ever watched the Olympics or you've gone to a race and you see that runner come along that last lap, it's like they get laser focused on the finish line. And suddenly there's like this new burst of energy. They, they tap into all the gas that's left in the tank and they begin to sprint towards the finish line. It doesn't matter if they've been running 25 miles before that. There's something that happens on the inside of them. Something shifts, something clicks, and they begin to run with all their passion and all their might towards the finish line. That's what Paul was saying here. When he uses this phrase, I press on, Dioko, what he's saying is there is something inside of me that refuses to slow down. I'm gonna press on, I'm gonna strain, I'm gonna run towards that goal and I will not quit. Now, now that's a great thought, but the ironic, uh, or the, the very ironic situation here, or the irony of what's, what he's saying is that Paul writes this from a prison cell. He's not out on a track running laps. He's not living in freedom. But he's penning this letter to the Philippians while he is in prison. In fact, by his own admission earlier in the book, he says, I actually don't know if this is the end for me. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna die here. I've been preaching the gospel. They locked me up. This could be the end. I'm not sure. But in the midst of that situation, in the midst of a prison cell, he says, although this is what's happening around me, on the inside, there is still a press. There, there's still something in me that refuses to give up. I will continue to press on. And you can see this modeled in the life of Paul. In fact, if I could condense it down to a thesis statement for his life, it would be this. When I'm pressed, I press. 
When I'm pressed, I press. Paul said, I understand that this life is not trouble-free. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be persecution. There's always going to be an opportunity for me to tap out and give up. But when I am pressed in the natural, I will press on in the spirit. You can look at his life and you will see this pattern over and over and over again. It's like, oh, you want to arrest me for preaching the gospel? Guess what? I'm going to preach it a little bit more. Oh, you want to put me in jail so that I can't preach anymore? That's fine. I'll get my message out by writing letters to all of the churches. Oh, you want to put me to death? You know what? That's fine. My life is not worth living unless I'm using it for the purpose that God has put on the inside of me. So I will gladly give my life. You can lock me up. You can try to shut me up, but I will continue to press on. He refuses to give up. But then he makes an invitation to you and he says, hey, just as I press, just as I, I push through in the natural, how about you go ahead and do the same with your life? Don't, don't allow your prison cell or your persecution or your situation to shut you up and cause you to kick back and just relax. No, model your life after mine. When you're pressed, I want you to press through. Let me ask you a confronting question that I think all of us need to wrestle with right now as we consider the last seven months of our life. We've all been pressed. Everything that we knew as normal is gone. But in the spirit, have you pressed back? Have you tenaciously run after the things of God? Have you pressed back in the spirit? Or like so many Christians, so many in the body of Christ, have we used the last seven months to rest instead of press? Now, I'm not trying to accuse anybody or suggest that rest is bad. Let me offer a disclaimer here, okay? Rest is also vitally important, all right? It's a biblical principle. In fact, we're gonna do a whole week on it in this series, the rhythm of rest. We're talking about Sabbath and how important it is for you to have some rest built into your life. But let me remind you today, Christians, resting comes after the pressing, <laughs> This is not supposed to be a, you know, carefree, kickback, I'm gonna hang out with Jesus, I'll see him in heaven one day. No, we've been called to aggressively pursue the things of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's a grit inside the heart of a believer. Yes, we can rest, but we rest after we press. Six days, God did what he did, built the earth, spoke it into existence, he worked, and then what happened? Then he rested. Hebrews chapter four says we must work so that we can enter into that place of rest. Yes, rest is important, but it is a gift. It, is, it comes after we do the spiritual heavy lifting, after we press. And while there might be some believers in the body of Christ right now that need to be reminded, hey, come on, take a little bit of a rest, breathe deep, let your soul get restored. I think that most of the body of Christ right now does not need to be reminded to kick back and relax, but we need to be shaken from our spiritual slumber. We need to come out of hibernation. We've been sedentary for the last seven months. It's time to wake up and to start pressing again. Come on, I'm here to shake you up a little bit in the spirit today. I'm glad you're in the building. I'm glad you're watching online, but this is a new chapter. This is a new season for the church in San Francisco. It is time to start pressing. It's time to start working. It's time to start building. It's time to start running after the things of God again. Have we been pressing? Now, even that thought is a bit nebulous, like, okay, pressing. What do you mean? Like, what are we pressing for? Well, Paul actually gives us a couple of things in this scripture that I think all of us need to be pressing for. 
Yes, read the Bible and pray, and, and those are all very spiritual things that we need to do, and, and I, we'll talk about those at a later date. But for today, I want to take a look at the two things that Paul says in this scripture he presses on towards, because those are the things he's asking us to pattern our lives after. So for you note takers, you'll appreciate this. I have points, which is just, it's so rare. It's great. Uh, number one, Paul says that we press toward the purpose. We press toward the purpose. Verse 12 in Philippians 3 it says, I press on to lay hold of that. Everyone say that. To lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. In other words, Paul says here, Jesus saved me for a reason. He, yes, he loved me. Yes, he wanted a relationship with me. But there was a purpose behind my saving. It wasn't just to enjoy the journey. There was some work that God wanted to employ me to do. He wanted to get me busy building his kingdom. And my life's goal is to lay hold of that, to aggressively pursue, to build this rhythm, a strong, repetitive pattern of chasing down that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Now, here's the cool thing about this scripture. Any one of us could have written that sentence. Paul was not unique in the fact that he had a call on his life. Every single person in this room, watching online, every person in the body of Christ, you all have a that. There is a purpose. There is something that God saved you for. Yes, you were saved by grace through faith, but there was some intention behind it. It was for a purpose. There is a reason you were born in this season. There's a reason you're on the planet in 2020, walking through a pandemic. There is a purpose for your existence in this season. Uh, Simon Sinek, the, uh, the leadership guru and author, he calls it this. He calls it your why. What is your why? Why do you exist on this planet? What, what wakes you up in the morning and motivates you? What is your life aiming towards? To me, that is one of the most important subjects. I absolutely love talking about purpose. I, I used to tell our students when we were youth pastors, so the two greatest days of your life are the day that God saves you and the day you discover why. Because purpose will cause you to live for Jesus like nothing else. Yeah, you can go through the discipleship steps and you can read the do's and the do nots and all of that stuff. But there's something about knowing why you're on the planet that motivates you, that's self-sustaining. No one has to stand over your shoulder and say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, do this. You, you just begin to whip yourself into shape because you're living for something greater than the moment. You're living with intention. Every step is purposeful. I love when I see people living out the high call of God on their life. There is nothing more fulfilling, nothing more exciting than doing the very thing that God wired you to do. For me, I'll give you my, my why, my that, my purpose. Uh, years ago, a friend of mine, he, he said, hey, you should, you should be able to condense your life down into one sentence. I'm like, wow, that doesn't seem like much of a life. But no, he said, you should be able to define what your life is all about in a single vision statement. Tim, what are you on the planet for? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I thought about it and I prayed about it. And here's what I came up with. This has been my why for the last five or six years. I am on the planet to be a gold digger. That's my purpose. And I don't mean that in like the weird, you know, rap song way. Like, <laughs> here's what I mean. My job, as long as I have breath in my lungs and as long as I am on this planet, is to find the gold in every situation, every person, every place that I walk into. 
That is the greatest joy of my life. It is what God has uniquely purposed me to do. I have the ability to see the gold beyond the surface in people, to see the gold beyond the surface in cities, to see the gold beyond the surface in situations. I know how to find the gold. That's how God has uniquely wired me. That's why we're here in San Francisco. We're, yeah, we're here to build a church and do all of that other stuff, but at the end of the day, there was still gold buried beneath the surface in San Francisco. And God was like, I just need someone who's willing to go and mine some of that gold out. Will you go? That's why our team is made up of incredibly imperfect people. No offense to everybody that's on our team, but there's still gold beneath the surface. You may not see it all yet, but I love that we are surrounded by people that are still in process and they still drop the occasional cuss word because they are still seeing that gold come out in their life. That, that's, that's, that's the joy of my existence. And listen, I preach, I pastor, I do other things. Those are just vehicles whereby my why is accomplished. If all of this was stripped away tomorrow, if we had no church and I got locked up in prison, which I have no intention to do, just to be clear. But if I did, my why wouldn't change. My purpose would still be exactly the same. My job would be to find the gold in that prison cell with the jailer or whomever else was around me. That's what I am on this planet to do. That's my why. That's my that. So what's yours? What is your why? What is your that? Why are you on this planet? I guarantee it's not to just suck air for 80 years and then go to heaven. There's something God has for you to do. Now, now I know that a lot of you know your why. You know your purpose. You, you, you get it. You've, you've done the discovery process. So let me pose a secondary question to you. If you know it, how are you doing with it right now? Have you been chasing it down? Have you been pressing on Dioko? Have you been aggressively straining towards laying hold of your purpose in this season? Or have you put it on a shelf and let it collect dust and gone, ah, you know, 2020 is horrible. Uh, I'll get back on purpose in 2021. We'll see what happens. Because that's where a lot of people are at today. Ah, I'll get back to it. And listen, I, I get it. There's many reasons why it makes sense to just lay it down for a chapter. I get it. There's been pain there's been problems, there's been pandemic, there's been other P words I'm sure that you've experienced over the last seven months. But hey, it's time to wake up again, people. Come on, church. It's time to begin to press on again. Your, your season doesn't discount your purpose. What's happening around you outside these doors and what's happening in our culture right now, it is not an excuse to live off purpose for seven months until the season is now pleasurable again and we can walk these things out. There's still purpose in the pain. There's still purpose in the middle of the problems. There's purpose in a pandemic. And even if you're in a prison cell or any other pee place, there is still a why, a purpose, an intention of that in that season. And it's time to get busy chasing it down. Now, I'd be remiss if, if I did not talk to anyone here or anyone watching who would say, okay, I get what you're saying for those who know, but I, I honestly, if I'm, being, if I'm being real, I do not know what my why is. I do not know my purpose. Paul says, I, I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. I don't, I don't got to that. I got to know that. Well, for you, let me help you for just a second here. I think it's so important that you discover this. And, and let me make a promise to you. It is not difficult to discover your purpose. It really isn't. I know that that's, that sounds like a, a promise too good to be true because there's like thousands of books and there's seminars and there's all this stuff that people are trying to get you to figure it out. So it must be challenging. But, but if you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you 
If you are a child of the Most High God, I promise you it is not difficult to discover why you're on this planet. Think about it. If God loves you, which he does, and if he has a good, pleasing, and perfect plan for your life, which he does, and he knows that your greatest fulfillment will come from doing that, and there's something that only you can do on this planet, do you think he would dangle it like a carrot just outside of your reach? Spend your entire life trying to figure it out? No, of course not. He's a good father. He loves you. He's got stuff for you to do. So yeah, it's not as challenging as we might perceive to discover that purpose. So, so, so here, here I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help you out, okay? Back at the beginning of 2019, we did a series for a couple of weeks and we called it Life on Purpose. During those four weeks, we talked at this, about the subject at length and we discussed how to discover it. Uh, somewhere, I think at the beginning of that series, I preached a message called The Mistaken Altar. And I, I, I laid out as clearly as I could in a blueprint what it looks like to discover your purpose. Please, if you are on that journey and you don't know what you're here for, go back to the YouTube, go back to the podcast, listen to those, those sermons. And I really do believe that God will reveal some of that stuff to you. But I also know how some of you are and you're not gonna do what I just asked you to do. So let me give you just a, a brief sound bite from that sermon, okay? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Refined desires reveal destiny. Refined desires reveal destiny. Psalm chapter 37, David says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight in the Hebrew is the word anak and it means to be pliable, to be like clay in the hands of a potter. Quite literally what David is saying in Psalm chapter 37 is when you become like clay in the hands of God, when you lay your life fully and completely surrendered to God in his hands, that he will begin to give you some new desires in your heart. Those things that you desired before, they begin to go out the door and he begins to place new, refined, God-given desires in your heart. And suddenly your desires begin to align with his desires. And when your desires and God's desires are exactly the same, then look no further than your desires to lead you to your destiny. That one was free. The rest of it you have to go back and listen to, okay? <laughs> but I think it'll help you if you're on that journey. But whether you're searching right now or whether you know, again, wake up. It is time to start living on purpose. It's time to start pressing on towards our purpose. We cannot afford to go the next few months through the rest of 2020 with a church in the middle of San Francisco not knowing what they're here for. We need every believer on the team, clear, locked in on purpose, knowing what God has for us in this season so that we can accomplish his will because our world desperately needs Jesus right now. Can I get an amen? amen. Press on towards the purpose. Number two, Paul says this uh, in verse 13, to press toward the prize, press toward the prize. Philippians 3.13, but this one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I got to pause there because that's one of the most ironic statements ever. <laughs> this one thing I do, let me tell you about two things that I'm going to do. <laughs> Forgetting what's behind and to press on towards what ahead. We won't preach about this today, but let me just insert a little exhort here. It's impossible to press on towards what's ahead if you have not forgotten what's behind. Hey, I get it. Last seven months, they've been challenging. Maybe the last seven years of your life have been challenging but you cannot move forward in the things of God if you are looking behind you. You cannot move forward while you're staring into the rearview mirror. I just speak right now over every single person in this room, every chain that is trying to hold you back, 
everything from yesterday, the pain, the abuse, all of it, may it be broken in the name of Jesus so that you don't look in the back, but you start looking forward. Come on, we need that. We need that. We need that. Forgetting what's behind, I strain forward towards what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, here's another pattern in my life I want you to model your life after. I press on towards a prize. I press on towards something that is beyond this earth, something that's greater than what I see with my natural physical eyes right now. If you've been a part of our community for any length of time, I want to apologize to you because we talk about this a lot. Actually, I don't want to apologize to you because this is one of the most important things. What Paul is reminding himself and us of in the scripture is that there's something greater than what we see with our eyes to live for. Yeah, this, this may have been a, a difficult round, a difficult year, but we're not living for pleasurable circumstances. We're not holding out for a vaccine. We're not holding out for our favorite political candidate to take office. We're not holding out for the economy to be restored or whatever we think we're placing our hope in and then things will be better. All of it is but a breath of smoke. All of it does not matter in light of eternity. When this storm is over, there's gonna be another storm that we're going to walk through. And what Paul is trying to remind the church of and say, pattern your life after mine in doing this is that guys, we cannot afford to put our trust or our hope in temporary circumstances, but we must remember that although we are bound to this earth right now, we are heading to heaven. There is an eternity beyond this place that we're living for and our eyes are locked in on eternity. I will not be moved by what I see by these light and momentary sufferings, but I will press on because I know that heaven is the goal. Heaven is the goal. This is not it. If you are clinging and waiting, you will be left wanting because nothing on this planet will satisfy. Only eternity is worth living for. We are living for something greater than what we see with our eyes here. And this is what he's reminding us of. He's reminding us of the, the fact that there is always going to be pressure coming against us. There's always going to be a storm. There's always going to be a problem. But if we fix our eyes heavenward, then we can see beyond the storm. We can see beyond the problem. We can see beyond the pain and we can live for the prize. Come on, there's a crown coming your way one day. You're gonna stand before Jesus. He's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's a crown for that time you served somebody. Here's the crown for the time you lived a generous lifestyle. Here's a crown for every time you sacrificed yourself for somebody else. There's a prize waiting at the end of this. And he's saying, I will press on towards the prize. I'm not gonna look here. I'm gonna look here. And to that end, let me... Let me bring some clarity around the title of this sermon. <laughs> a dollar for your troubles. If we will press, there is something on the other side of that pressing. There's a prize on the other side of that pressing. A couple of weeks ago, um, my wife was getting ready to preach for our weekend service and uh, she needed a, a bit of a quieter house, I could tell. And so being the good husband that I am, I decided to take my kids out of the house so she had a little bit of peace and quiet for a few hours. 
And so I, I grabbed my daughters and said, hey, let's get in the car, grab some sand buckets, and we're gonna head over to the beach and we're gonna go on a hunt for some sand dollars. Um, if you've ever been over to Ocean Beach, uh, you know that sand dollars are prevalent there. Like they're about as easy to find as a white girl in Lulu's in the marina. So uh, we, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was offsides. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, so I grabbed the kids and we go park the car over by uh, Terraval and we head out to the beach and we start, we start searching. Uh, but unlike any other time that I've been to the beach, we could not find a single sand dollar. We found a few broken pieces here and there and a couple of seashells, but we couldn't find anything. And so uh, I said, hey girls, let's, let's head north towards the windmills and we'll just keep walking and I'm sure we'll run into some sand dollars eventually. So we start walking and we make it from Terraval to Santiago to Rivera to Cantara to Ortega. I mean, like we just keep going block after block after block. We're not finding anything. Finally, we get all the way down to like Noriega. We've been walking for like 30, 40 minutes at this point and we have not found a single shell, or excuse me, a single sand dollar. And, and so uh, I said, hey girls, I'm sorry. I thought we'd be able to find some. Um, it's warm out, but let's just go get some ice cream and, and we'll, we'll find a way to cope with the fact that we didn't find what we were looking for. And uh, Livy's tired, my youngest, she's complaining. I'm like, come on, I'm tired. Let's, let's just get out of here. My oldest, Ellie, she looks at the two of us and she says, hey, um, dad, can, can we just walk for five more minutes? I think if we walk for five more minutes that we're gonna find some sand dollars. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I take out my phone and I set the timer because I'm a super fun dad. And, uh, and we start walking. Four minutes, nothing. Three minutes, nothing. Two minutes, nothing. One minute, nothing. And I'm like, all right, we're getting to the end of this thing. But I kid you not, it was like the second my phone hit zero, we walked up to this tide pool and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of fully intact sand dollars. I was like, how did you know? I'm raising a profit, guys, it's fine. She knows exactly when COVID's gonna be over, it's, it's great. And she's pumped, her sister's pumped and they start grabbing their buckets and they collect all these. In fact, I think we have a, a picture of the two of them after they collected all their sand dollars. They filled these buckets to the brim with sand dollars. My older one didn't know we were taking a picture, so please don't tell her I have a picture of her face like that because she will be mortified. You can take it off the screen. They could have filled those buckets up 10 times over. There were so many sand dollars. And so we, we grab the buckets and we start heading back to the car and you know, they're, they're excited, they're celebrating. And Ellie looks at me on the way back and she says, Dad, I knew that if we just kept walking, that eventually we were gonna find what we were looking for. Oh, come on, did you hear that today? I knew that if we just kept pressing, I knew that if we did not let fatigue and disappointment and sickness and pain or whatever else we were walking through, I knew that if we just kept pressing on that there would be a prize at the end of this walk. There would be a dollar waiting for our trouble on the other side of this walk. Come on, church, I'm here to tell you today that there is a prize waiting for you on the other side of your pressing. This ain't it, there is more. We're in a new chapter, we're in a new season. Come on, it's time to start pressing again. I know it's been difficult, I know it's felt like you were in prison, but you can press beyond the prison cell. You can press beyond the problem. You can press beyond the opposition because on the other side of it, there is a prize awaiting every one of us who chooses to just keep 
press in. Wake up, church. Wake up, church. Press again. Press again. May we get back into this rhythm. May we not sit back and relax in a season where the Holy Spirit is trying to get his church to press. Come on, forgetting what's behind, I look forward and I continue to press. I speak that over you today. Forgetting what's behind, I look forward and we will press on in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you today as we conclude. I want to pray that there'd be a press restored in your heart. And as we also uh, wrap up here and you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to take a moment and pray for anybody who would say, Pastor Tim, I have never started that journey of pressing. I need to come home to Jesus. We'll pray for you as well. Why don't you bow your heads and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this community. I thank you for the Father's house. I thank you that you've opened up our doors again. We can gather. I thank you that even those that are not in the building right now are still able to worship from the comfort of their living rooms. But Lord, whether we're in this building or we're at home, I pray that you would restore that dioko inside of every heart. You would restore the press in the spirit. God, that we would not be content to just coast through the rest of this year. We get back on purpose, get back on mission, begin to press on towards the prize again. Every heart that's grown cold, God, would you just blow on it right now? Let those embers ignite again. Every believer that needs to be shaken and stirred, God, I I pray right now you'd stir our hearts once again. Move us towards what moves you. And even those that are going to go on this journey in the next couple of weeks, kind of figuring out what that purpose is, what their that is, would you be clear with them, Lord? Would you speak clearly to every heart? Say, this is what I've called you to do in this chapter. And as we conclude here, I want to take a moment and pray for those who might say that they're far from Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today or you're watching online and you would say, Tim, I am far from God. I I haven't been pressing because I've never started that journey or I did a long time ago, but I need to to get reignited in that. I'm going to give you an opportunity to commit or recommit your life to Jesus. I'm going to say a very simple prayer. You can say this with me in your heart. As I pray this, the words are not important. Your your heart condition is the the only thing that matters to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. Let me pray with you. You can pray this in your heart, in your chair here or at home. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you for giving yours for mine. I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. Tired of living at a distance. Bring me close. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you raised from the dead and that you have a new life for me. Help me to be your disciple and to walk in your ways from this day forward until I see you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just thank God for every person praying that prayer online or here in the building? Welcome to the family. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, We are so, so, so passionate about you taking your next steps. It's it's one of the most important things around here. Last thing we want you to do is pray that and move on as if nothing happened. A couple ways that we can help you take those next steps. There's a a QR code here on the screen. If you're in the room, we are a touchless society now, so you can take out your phone and take a picture of that. lead you to a place where you can give us some information or you can text TFHSF to 97,000. 
but basically here's what we wanna do. We wanna get a Bible in your hand and get you started on your journey. We're gonna tell you about First 40. It's a group that meets every single week. We teach you how to read the Bible, how to pray, what your next steps look like. It's the first 40 days of this journey with God. But your immediate next step is to do what you saw during worship this morning, is to get water baptized. Bible says in Romans chapter six that in the waters of baptism, the old you passes away and a new creation comes up out of those waters. And we need that. We need that if we're gonna walk this journey out. So if you have yet to be water baptized, you can sign up on the app or sign up on the website. Or again, you can head back to the connect table. But before you leave, if you made that decision here in the room, please head back to our connect table and connect with somebody so that we can get a Bible in your hand. Thank you guys for coming to church. Thank you for watching online. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? We're gonna have some prayer people come on down front. If you need prayer for anything, you can come this way or on the chat, you can click the prayer button. We've got live people standing by to pray with you as well. Thanks for coming back to church. It was so good to be with you. And we'll be back once again next weekend. Have an amazing Sunday. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, We want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.